He lurked in the shadows, waiting and hoping she wouldn't take a different room. This was her usual room. He knew that. He knew her. Ghost of Me, the new book by Amanda Steele, can be found at Amazon, Kobo, Waterstones and many, many other places. Hi guys, this is Andy M. Live from Comics Unity. We first started Comics Unity around about 18 months ago, with just me and Michael, and Amanda has come on board since. But the podcast is designed to cover the latest and breaking news in the world of comics, whether in relation to TV programmes, films, books, general news, and of course, comics themselves. Although a lot of our episodes are now on various platforms such as this, the complete archive can be found over at Comics Unity Podcast Series. That's all one word. Comics Unity Podcast Series. Full stop. Bandcamp. Full stop. Dot com. Enjoy. Take care. Bye bye. Hi guys, yes, this is Comic Unity. Indeed it is. Yeah, now people are used to me sometimes when I'm over on Zoom today. I just got a label, not Michael, are we? Uh, no, no we're not. Yes, I've got Michael here, and if Michael's here, it's Comic Unity. Mm-hmm. And this is something special today, because everyone knows us. It's usually me and Michael waffling on and Amanda using about what we've been up to and what we're doing an interview today. Indeed we now, are. Now we've got somebody on the online that I first spoke to a couple of months ago before I spoke on label, and I did awful podcast and we had that much fun we've agreed to do a comics podcast for today lucy haven't we so so lucy do you want to introduce yourself to everybody tell me who you are and what's what led you on the creative path you're on what's that oh uh so i'm lucy sullivan um i'm an author and um artist on comics i did uh my Main one is Barking, which came out recently. Um, I wasn't originally doing comics. I did an illustration and animation degree um, at Kingston Uni, and I did 2D animation. So I started off as an animation director, then moved gradually. That's a whole nother conversation about industries. But so moved gradually. Open label last time. We went on about 15 minutes about that's a long one. <laughs> but oh, yeah. now, yeah. Mainly, uh, write and draw comics. So, yes, that's... now obviously, we're here today to talk about barking, aren't we? So, now mm-hmm. the history of bark is covered and spoken over quite some depth, but we're going to go a different direction today with this. So, obviously, first of all, tell everybody a little bit about barking, where it all came from, and we'll talk about it. Hello, uh, so it's uh inspired by uh, I had a sort of breakdown in my 20s after my dad died suddenly. And um, the story kind of evolved out of that and watching other people I knew go through kind of similar experiences, not necessarily grief related, but um, struggling with their mental health. And then I combined it into a narrative. So it's a story of Alex Otto, who finds herself in a quite compromising position and is sectioned by the police. And then it's how she deals with the physical embodiment of her depression and grief joining her in the hospital. And um, yeah, the path she goes on with that. Ah, yeah. Now, Michael, what did you? I'm going to ask you first of all now. Then, obviously, you've just read the comic last week. It came online. Yeah. 
How, what do you think about the new Frederick? I really like it. I think the uh, the artwork sort the sort of chaoticness of the artwork really fit with the story. Yeah, and it did loan them. You're telling me, Lucy, this is my financial Michael. It's like it's all done in Biro, wasn't it? So Yeah, yeah. The initials to the character sketches and most of it is done uh Biro or I with um carbon typewriter sheets. So like old fashioned sheets of carbon and a, a stick. And a quite a nice dip pen, which I could probably show you. <laughs> it's, it's, I found it quite an interesting way. Let's go to what college you look at the structure of it today, all the artwork and stuff, really. But I was fascinated with Tom the Knot last time. He did it that way through that way. Um, have you always done your artwork that way, or have you ever done it digitally? Um, I've, I've always done kind of traditional work. So when I did 2D animation, um, I would hand draw onto paper to get the animation going, and then I some, some of it I coloured by hand, but that's crazy. Uh, it's a really long process. Yeah. So I did a lot of sort of digital stuff and textures and things like that. Um, but when I went into comics, I just, I sort of had a, a sort of serendipitous thing where I found a biro. I was teaching life drawing and I had to have a really quick way of kind of demonstrating to the people what I was talking about when they were getting the life drawing wrong. So I'd use a biro in a little pocket um sketchbook and i just got really used to drawing with this biro and i just thought oh you know if i get around to doing this comic maybe i'll eschew the whole pencil section and inking and just go straight in with a biro and there's something kind of it's messy and it's quite liberating because you can't tidy it up too much and i thought it just kind of really lent its hand to her situation and her mental state and what i wanted to do to play with kind of reality and and uh, psychopathy, I guess, you know, because she's in that um, altered state, as it were. Um, it yeah. That kind of feel of the character herself doing the actual drawings. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and because it, it smears, you can sort of, you can use the kind of blotches and sort of literally, like, a, some of it is just my thumbprint, like, smearing. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's, they're quite messy pages. They're, I didn't, they're not laid out, so they're, they're literally sketched onto A2 and then laid out digitally. So it was all drawn just really quickly. It took me about, I, I think I drew the last six chapters in only about three months or something. Or, no, six weeks, I drew it. And then it took me about two months to lay it out. <laughs> now, obviously, I know you're doing it all on hand. Did you find then that, obviously, you've you been putting it down like an A, B, C on the, on the floor, wanting to try and work out, make sure you got the direction right on it. Yeah, yeah, it was quite... All the changing what you went along then, really. Uh, sorry, say that again? Obviously, then, with it, obviously, the artwork itself, like you're doing it all hand. You've been putting things on the floor, like in A, B, and C, wanting to make sure everything did you yeah. have the order change of the book? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. And I think often, because you're going from script, because when you're writing it yourself as well, you go from script to, I'll go script thumbnail, script again, and then onto sketching. Um, sometimes I'll sketch something and think, oh, I've written that and I actually don't need to do that. I can draw it much better and more interestingly or something would change. So I, I had to be pretty kind of loose with being aware that I could do something probably better drawn because I'm I think I'm more an artist than a writer so I think it you know what I can write isn't as good as what I could probably come up with once I start sketching um and a lot of it was so emotive that 
I'd start thinking about something that happened or something I read or experienced that it would just change as I was drawing it and it would often get quite more surreal or darker or yeah so you know it was quite an emotional <laughs> way to draw <laughs> did you find an option like when you don't the way you do your art and on it did you have to do a lot of like preliminary sketches for this all the time was it mostly mostly done 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 and dusted quite quickly each page when you yeah no they done i so because i did thumbnails so i have a sketchbook that has like tiny thumbnails i mean they're really so i mean you, people can't see what I'm doing but I'm, I'm talking like I could do the whole spread in a couple of inches you know like just wow. to get a feel of the shapes and stuff but what I'd often get is I'd get a pose in my mind about what I wanted it to be and I could sometimes I'd get it first time around but other times I'd have to draw it like three or four times and there's a couple that ended up being an amalgamation of like six attempts one wow. <laughs> Uh, it's right at the start where she's running and it's a kind of full splash page of her running and the dogs behind her and the like the hand is the hands are from one drawing the face is from another and I had to just put them together on photoshop because I couldn't nail it in just one go because it's such a weird sort of looking up under her chin and it's such a weird angle that um I ended up just putting it together because I was getting so frustrated <laughs> I was just like no I you, think, you told us off mic before, didn't you? A lot of this is done like obviously through fire or non digital. So that's obviously the odd occasion you have to use Photoshop, didn't you? To merge yeah, well, Photoshop yeah. there to lay it out and then to add so a, a texture. So sometimes I had to put in um, more ink textures. So what I had was like a, a library of smears and smudges that I built up, and when I needed to kind of blacken it or like the dog is built of smudges as well so he sort of sketched in carbon and then I use these kind of ink smudges to kind of really give him some texture and make him feel more cloud-like because I if I drew it in one shot it just didn't have that kind of unusual feeling that I was really after as well and all the lines so all the all the panels are bordered with I have a page of lines that I've drawn out on carbon sheets and I just pick which one I want to use and start building the panels, which is why every spread is completely different because <laughs> it's sort of fitted in with the drawings and it's like a puzzle, you know? Wow. It kind of adds to, obviously with the story, it kind of adds to the feeling of the book that everything is different. Yeah, I, I was hoping it would sort of take you on a bit of a more of a journey if each page you had to kind of really work at seeing where the flow was going to go and you know and obviously you can manipulate that um with the panels but i tried to let it kind of uh, lay itself out as organically as possible like once i got the sketches and could see which one was working best and then put them in and let them kind of feel their way around each other and then the the lines for the panels were the last bit but they really kind of lifted it and I think made it feel more like a proper comic, you know. Do you want to send that to Michael? I'm sorry, I want to show Michael uh, asking yeah, a question. No, I was, I was, I was just wondering, did, uh, did working on, obviously because as you said that some of it is from your own personal experience, did looking at it so sort of professionally and critically at from a sort of separated standpoint as a, as a work thing, did that sort of reveal anything for you? Yeah, um, particularly once I got, when I first started it, it was just me doing it 
in this room while my daughter was like napping and or my partner had it so it, it was just like a background project um, but once it sort of I got on with Unbound and then particularly when I had to apply for Arts Council then it sort of really changed and it went I think that's when it became more less about just me and more about talking about mental health and it it was a really kind of it's an intense thing to do to apply for Arts Council funding, but it really helps you focus on the project and it definitely changed it. And I think it did heighten how professional I wanted to be about it because it'd gone from kind of almost a set of zines to, to like, oh, right, this is like a proper graphic novel now. And I've oh, got to oh, make this is, this is an actual thing now, okay. This is a real thing, yeah, absolutely. Well, as you lose as well, is on this obviously, I know you told me originally you did the script for this. It was done, done in the film script way rather than the comic script way. Did yeah. you find out the script changed much as you got into the graphic side of it? Yeah, and, but I did purposefully, the reason I wrote it as a film script is to keep it loose so that I had the option, like I said, to draw potentially something a bit more interesting because most of the ideas for the book in the first place came out of just doodles I was doing, like, whilst I was watching telly or something like that. And it was sort of using that kind of surreal imagery that I just can't write, you know, if I sit down with a pen, I can draw it, but to sit down and go, and a, you know, a dog rears out of the shadow on the floor. It just, it doesn't, I can't, I don't have that kind of ability and people can, but I just, I don't know how to do that. I'd rather just draw it and go, this is what I'm talking about, you know? So, so yeah. It, was, was the writing the hardest bit for you? No, it was the easiest because I, I sort of had no expectation because <laughs> I don't see myself as a writer. I was just like, I think the hardest part was not getting carried away with it because at, at first I wrote it like an actual, first I wrote it like a novel and then went, what am I doing? I'm spent, this is a graphic novel. I've, you know, I've got to stop writing it and draw it. And then I went to the film scripts to try and, because my partner writes film scripts. So it was, he was really helpful in getting to me to see it as, a series of kind of scenes and what I wanted to happen within each scene and that would be your chapter so it's like this is your chapter these are your scenes and it really helped break down especially with such a um, huge project you know like there's so many things you can potentially talk about it was easy easier to just limit but yeah the script bit I liked I like the writing but that's probably because I'm not very good at it <laughs> I think. I'm sure it's probably best when you're Right, okay, Lucy, I'm gonna we're gonna change topics now, okay? Because I know at the moment, since you've done this book, I know you're doing a project with Fraser Campbell a lot, aren't you? Yes, yeah. Back in March, I'm guessing that must be nearly done by now. Yeah, I think um I'm a week or two away from handing it over to the letter. We've got Hassan uh Otsman Alehu doing the lettering, so he does quite a lot of lettering, he's really great. So um yeah, he's doing that next and then hopefully we figure out whether we're kickstarting it or whatever but it's Fraser's baby so I was just brought in as an artist after their original artist Anna Redmond had to drop out so um but yeah it's called Indexed and it's like a light lo-fi sci-fi one-shot comic it's yeah it's been really interesting to do. I've seen some of the preliminary sketches on it have you seen them Michael? I haven't. Yeah they're quite different from this actually. From Very yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit about the process for that thing? Because obviously, it, the stylistic, I can tell it's you, but it's, I can also say it's not you in a different way, if that makes sense. So, yeah, very different. Um, so, I sort of, 
I wanted to do something colour, and because it's a sci-fi, it's completely different from what I would normally do. But um, I did, when I was doing barking, I did an oil painting course about paintings with light and colour. In fact, there's a kind of life model one, a red one behind me, but you just yeah, look at it and sort of wake your way through. And I thought, oh, it'd be a really great way to make a comic and be really unusual. And I sort of, when I'm, I agreed to the project, I did some kind of preliminary stuff on Procreate. And I thought, oh, I see how it look, you know, cause you can get quite a painterly look with it. Sent it to Fraser and he's like, yeah, it's great. Can I tweet it? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he tweeted it and it got a lot of interest. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Everyone really likes this. And then there was a couple of articles of, People are very excited. Some people named it like, you know, the indie comic, one of the indie comics they're really looking forward to in 2020. And this was in November last year. And I was like, okay, so I guess, I guess that's how I'm drawing it. <laughs> so it was sort of like, yeah, and it was sort of, I thought it would be fairly quick because I drew it again straight in. But it was one thing when you're just taking like one character from it and just drawing it. But it's quite a complicated script. So it has taken quite a lot longer to draw than I expected but I think it still looks quite um quite quite painterly um I've probably still got it up so I mean no one listening will be able to see it but at least Come Michael on, we get an exclusive <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been it's been really interesting to do and I've certainly I've never used procreate to this level before I just used it a little bit for for mocking up things and um where's the page I'm working on so this is, you can just about, oh, it's a bit bright. Yeah, look at that, Michael, there, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Very painterly. If I can zoom in, you can get a bit more of an idea. Yeah. Of what it's like. so all the kind of black and stuff to it, but it's... um. It's bit... barking. You can tell it's... You, it's they're very dark, this is in there for you, but it's the use yeah. of colour I saw in the previews and the original Twitter page that stood out to me. It's very... It's very... Yeah, there's some... Yeah. Um, there's some bright colours in it. There's some, we're trying to keep it muted. When, you're, when you read the story, I don't want to give any away, but there's use of bright colours to kind of highlight certain aspects of things. And um, that's kind of fun to do, to just have kind of splashes in yeah. there. Before we move on, obviously, we've got a few things we'll cover today. But um, I know, obviously, um, scripts, obviously, with Fraser. How does that compare to the script you did on Barking, then? Your, your, your okay. bark script was much more minimal, mate, wasn't it, I suspect? Yeah, uh, I mean, my barking script was, you know, someone walks in a room, someone else is doing that, this is the dialogue. Uh, whereas phrases is, you know, panel one, this person is doing that, someone says that, there's the caption. You know, it's, it's properly written as panels. So he, you know, he's a proper comics writer. So, but he is uh, used to. So Ian, who he normally, Ian Laurie, who he normally <coughs> works with, um, isn't someone to abide by the rules, so Fraser <laughs> will write it and Ian will draw what Ian's going to draw. And um, when I said, can I have a bit of a play with some of the layout, because I think I could do something with this and that, and he's like, yeah, you know, I mean, if you can do a little bit like what I've written, that'd be great. <laughs> it's like, no, I've done mainly what you've written, um, but just occasionally I've changed something to just because it moves better or it flows better within the image. but. Otherwise, you know, it's a really tight script and he really knows, Fraser really knows how to plot these things so well, you know, for moments. So it's like a proper comic art job, really. And um, yeah. Yeah, so it's obviously been like a completely different experience what you did, did with Barkin and as I expected completely, so. Yeah, it's totally different. 
to me, you've learned something from it as an artist. I think everything you do is, I think we talked about this last time, didn't we? Is that you learn about something yourself as a person every time. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. And definitely in terms of um, how a script relates to the finished piece, it would definitely change how I write stuff. I don't think I'd write in terms of panels, but the next project I want to do myself is going to be quite a complicated idea. So it'd be really good to not have to figure out that layout again but to know what's happening per spread I think would be really useful but also just you know like procreates fun but I really actually need the physicality of drawing so I'm already bought I've got them stashed somewhere I bought a load of dip pens for the, <laughs> the next thing oh, I right, do here we go. <laughs> oh, I need ink you know it's just it's so clean and you have to like you know whilst we're talking I've charged my pen and you oh. know it's just, it's another it's another world and I think it's one of those things that's really great as a tool because you can do some beautiful colouring on it but I think I'd probably continue drawing traditionally and then just use Procreate for, for little effects and colour and stuff like that but I doubt I'll ever draw a comic in it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, now uh, I know Michael wants to ask you about Jeff Lamert as well. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you put that on me like you're not interested as well. Yes, but I know, I know you're the big, the really big Jeff Lamers fan as well. Uh, no, well, I was reading uh, Barking last week. It, it sort of reminded me of <coughs> Jeff's um, run on Moon Knight. Well, at least, at least the start of it when he's in the asylum. So it just it just reminded me of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mainly I, with um, Jeff Lamers' work. I mainly read Essex County. Um, the full series. I've got um, I've got a Descender and... Oh, I'm loving Descender. I've got, yeah. I've got the next issue in the way from Fort Worth and Planet, so I'm hoping that arrives and sat there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, gosh, what's the Red Barn one? That's amazing. Um, um, oh, yes. It's so good. I about the truth. Uh, yeah. Because it's just been announced on Netflix. I forgot. Oh, uh, one of them. Sweet Tooth, is it? Not Sweet Tooth, is it? I uh, know Gideon Falls. Oh, Gideon yeah. Falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which is like, no, so, yeah. So Sweet Tooth is coming out, and Black Hammer, which is the one I got to do a couple of commissions on, which was just amazing. And I love Black Hammer. I think it's just brilliant, and especially with Dean Ormston's work, it's like the perfect kind of marrying as well. But he does seem Jeff's like, excellent writer and an amazing artist himself. But he seems to have such a great eye for finding other artists and writers and stuff. I was going to so, say, how excited were you when he tweeted about your book? Oh my goodness. I mean, when I realised, <laughs> yeah, because he was actually one of, when I joined Twitter, he was one of the sort of first people to follow and retweet my work, which was just mad. I know. And I put up a little um, image of the dog or something. I can't remember what I did. Um, and yeah, it was just crazy. And then I realised he'd um, backed the book at Unbound. And I just thought, that can't be right. And it, I checked it and it's like, no, it's Jeff Lemire. <laughs> like, okay. So I, I realised I could DM him. So I just sent him a quick DM just to say, my God, thank you so much. You know, I, I'm absolutely thrilled to have your support. And that's when he said about, and I said I was reading Black Hammer. And that's when he asked if I'd like to do a pinup on that. I'm just like, yes, please. <laughs> you know, I'd have done it for free, but they paid me. So they was even oh. like, Fantastic. So yeah. Oh, then, um, doing the quote here on the front of the book. Mm -hmm. What made you want to approach him to do the quote now? Well, uh, because he 
been super supportive and he'd um, regularly kind of tweeted updates and ed things about the project to help me get backers. He'd been really great. And my editor just said, what do you think? Do you think he'd do? And I was like, well, I mean, I can ask. And she's like, well, you'll have to ask by this weekend. And it was the weekend of the San Diego Comic Con. And I was like, oh my goodness. I knew from his Twitter feed, he was just like doing about a million events. He's like, he'd put up a, I'm signing yeah, and with the best will in the world. It's not like Jeff is the busiest man in the world at all. You know? <laughs> and I was just like, oh God. And she's like, just ask, you never know. So I emailed him and just said, look, I, I know you're doing loads and I'm so sorry, but any chance? And I just thought, because one of the, great, one of the greatest kind of um, sections of people that are affected by mental health problems is young men. And I think it's quite difficult. There's a lot of kind of autobio comics. There's a lot of comics talking, talking about things that women often read or uh, non-binary people I think are more likely to read but guys still get a bit like uh comics are still you know I still want my comics to be this and this and I just thought if Jeff was on my cover quote it might just get some people to pick it up that actually really need to read it but wouldn't normally go for that kind of work so I did I did say to him you know, you might be the difference between someone picking it up or walking past, and I'd really appreciate it. And he was great. He wrote an amazing couple of lines, and it's been incredible. He put something on his Instagram just yesterday that he was reading Barking and Tilly Walden's uh, one book, Are You Listening?, that's just won uh, the Eisner. And it's just like, oh my God, there's my book on <laughs> Jeff Lemire's timeline and next to a Tilly Walden who I just think is astonishing and, and there was a really great looking manga as well and it's just really? like wow yeah he's such a good guy and he just seems to really help people you know he's one of those people that's got somewhere but is still trying to bring other people up with him and you know what I like what, about him is and I've, I've been better not you but like I like the fact is that he seems to do doesn't seem to be tied down to one company he just seems to yeah. be around all over the place and yeah, it's really interesting. He, he does like he, I know obviously we did his Mid Brother Moon Knight, these uh, Amazon and Marvel. But I loved his last one, an animal man in DC. And he talked about Black Hammer on Dark Horse, and obviously, like what, he, what he's been doing in images, just he seems to operate yeah. his own type way. He wants to do things, and I, I love him for that. Yeah, I think he's got to that position, which is just amazing. And you know, God knows he's had to put the yards in to get there though you know he's earned that position tenfold to be able to do that because he he was nominated for sentient which was with tko as well so you know i must probably every publisher but who wouldn't want to work with him <laughs> you know the man's really I like the fact that jeff just seems to can I, can I write that character yes you're cool <laughs> yeah yeah you know regardless well, these days of people locking people down to exclusive contracts and Jeff goes, can I write that? Cheers. <laughs> I also yeah. have well, thing, before we move no. on to the last topic today, it's also back on your barking book, was it was your forward when you got your friend mm. Nick? Is that, I, 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 can't, I can never pronounce his surname. Abadzis. No, I'll say it. Yeah, sorry, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's dyslexia showing for it. How, I know you knew Nick already, didn't you, so? What made yeah. the decision to get Nick to write the forward for you? 
Uh, that was easy. Uh, Nick was one of the main people to get me to do the book in the first place. So he was in my evening class when I was teaching life drawing. So Nick would come along because he keeps up his art practice through life drawing. He draws now on the subway and stuff. And it was between him and my partner, Stephen, um, saying, come on, you should just make it, you know. And I spoke to Nick about, I met Nick because I'd gone in to get um, a copy of Leica signed, which he won an Eisner for. And um, at my local comic shop in Richmond in London. And um, then he walked into my evening class like two weeks later and I was just like, oh shit, <laughs> Nick Apprentice. <laughs> and uh, no one else in the class was a comics geek and I was the only one just going, oh my God, he's really famous. Because <laughs> he did Deadline and, you know, I grew up reading Deadline. So it was really exciting. And we just formed an instant kind of friendship and we're still really good mates. And um, yeah, when it finally got there, he also introduced me to my editor, Lizzie Kay, which she commissioned me at Unbound. So like Nick was over with his family from New York. We were having a barbecue here and he was like, oh, are you coming to the self-made hero party later? And I was like, no, because I'm no one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have an invite. And he's like, oh, I'll get you in. And he took me in as a plus one and introduced me to Lizzie. And God, I met so many. I met uh, John McRae and wow. David Hyde. And yeah, it was like walking in. Uh, Hannah Berry was there and uh, Andy Oliver from Broken Frontier. And it was just like fame. Martin Relson, Rob Davis. It was just a room full of famous comics people and me just going oh my god I read all of your work and this is like complete geek out John McRae is like the nicest bloke ever as well yeah just what a nice guy so, nice John. oh yeah yeah right exactly and and see Nick's from that crowd you know he knows um Garth Ennis and he knows all those guys from way back from working at Marvel UK as well as Deadline. So yeah, it was, um, if without Nick, I just wouldn't even have taken the plunge, I don't think. So yeah, it had to be Nick without a shadow. <laughs> right, to conclude, I know Michael's got a couple of quick rapid fire questions uh, for indeed. you. Yes. I've got one I want to ask you for a bit of fun at the end as well, but I'll let Michael sure. go. Uh, it was just that it'd be fun to end on a few uh, interesting questions. So, uh, favourite fictional character and why? In comics? Uh, yeah. Or in comics. Uh, woo, uh, I say that and I don't actually know. Who would be my favourite? Oh, I think um, probably... Oh, my favourite comic really is Domu by um, Katsuhira Otomo who did Akira. And there's two characters in that that are really my favourite. There's a, li a stubborn little girl who's only about seven or eight and a, an old man who is just naughtiness personified. But because it's Otomo, there's a lot of kind of psycho... Um, oh, what's the word? It's sort of supernatural stuff going on as well. So, yeah, probably the little girl in, <laughs> in Domu. I think. Good choice. Good choice. She's young um, and small, but she knows exactly what's going on and turns out is quite a force to be reckoned with. So, you know, I like underdog characters, I think. Uh, favourite comic movie? Ooh. Uh, do you know, there's a few that you don't know that are comics that I think have done really well. Like A History of Violence was oh, really... 
tremendous. Well, it's back and most people didn't even realise it was a comic. Um, I really like V for Vendetta. I know that's like not a, a, a I world. Like, I like it too. I, I like the fact that uh, even the, even though they changed the character, even though they changed the actor playing the character, I think there's still a couple of scenes in there. Yeah, it, it still it still works, and I think I think as I never want things to be completely loyal because I think they should be adapted and I think they should be able to move on to the next like like a comic is the comic and the film is the film and I don't think they should they have to be the same and I think you know if I ever had the option I would certainly do an Alan Moore and just sell it and go it's up to you I just you know unless I'm animating it I'm not involved but I think um I think they often don't go brilliantly which is always a bit tricky I, I think a lot of a lot of it depends on sort of who's Adapting it like I love yeah. the Watchmen series, the Watchmen film. I, I, I love yeah, that I series so much. Yeah, I haven't seen the, the film and I've, we've still not watched the series yet. We are working through Legion at the moment, which is quite good. Uh, well, Mandal- that's Mandal- Legion. Legion, I've not seen it, so have you watched Legion? Uh, yeah. I have, I have. Dan Stevens is very good at that. Yeah, some of it's really good, but um, I guess it's not really a movie. I quite liked, I thought Black Panther was fun. I thought Ant-Man was fun. My partner hates superhero movies, so he loves comics, but hates superhero movies. So it's, I have to watch them on my own. Like he went to New York in March, like during, just before everything kicked off, which was bonkers. Well, he had to go, so he teaches at Kingston Uni and he had to take the students on their annual field trip was to New York. Oh. And the uni wouldn't say they couldn't, couldn't not go and they would have lost hundreds of thousands of pounds. So they went and they got one of the last planes back. It was pretty, it was pretty crazy to have done. But I watched a lot of films then. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, caught, you caught up by oh, Yeah, I just went through it. And um, yeah, it was, you know, I think they're good fun. You know, I quite enjoy it. And I watched the whole of Umbrella Academy, which I've now watched twice because he's actually kind of interested in that. So I, I, I love the sort of X-Men nature to Umbrella Academy. Yeah, I think they, you know, and that's what I like about Legion. They're doing that kind of slightly different, way about it but i think yeah umbrella academy as well it's, it doesn't take itself too uh, seriously season two's out relatively soon yeah end of the month i think so yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that's for like, sure so yeah, definitely <laughs> just i know um what is your guilty pleasure read oh um probably kind of i like quite a lot of ya stuff you know i quite happily read a kind of young adult fiction book um, I have audio books that I listen to on loop, you know, like, I mean, I can't tell you how often I've heard Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, like the full, I'll listen to the full series and I've read that a lot. And Harry Potter, I've got like full play versions and, you know, J.K. Rowling's clearly a monster, but um, I really love her books. <laughs> I really try to separate her and the stories. But I love those, and I've got the Stephen Fry version, and that's a real kind of like if I'm feeling a bit stressed or whatever, I can just listen to Stephen Fry read Harry Potter, and I'm I feel better about everything. <laughs> so, but, uh, well, to quote the uh, alert from a Scroobius Pip song, "Thou shall not question Stephen Fry." Well, I, I agreed a hundred percent. You know, <laughs> uh, I, 
I had to sit down at home. I can't <laughs> Typical then. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the questions were, Lucy, so I can't comment. Uh, what was your? I've got one to conclude with, Lucy, before we ask you to your contact people, people to contact you. Is if you could cast your film, your your oh. into a film, who would be your main character as choice actors? If you get any. Oh. Well, funnily enough, we were watching a programme. Um, what were we watching? Oh, we watched a film the other night and I went, it would be her. We watched um, Fighting With My Family. Have you seen that? Oh, yes, 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 yes. And Florence Pugh is just, I love her. She's just amazing. And she, we is, haven't the, she's in the Black Widow film, actually. Is she? Yeah. Ah, big rumour going around as well, Lucy. Have you heard this? Sam TV series. The what? The Sandman the TV Sand series has been cast, not been announced yet. There's a big rumour going around she's gone to be deaf. Ah, oh, that would be amazing. I've just listened to the um, audible version of The Sandman and it's... I was going to ask you how you're going with that. We're not, we've listened to the first four parts. How are you going, Michael, with that? Uh, I haven't have started it yet. No, what is... Oh, I went through it in one sitting. Like, did I you? did it every yeah, I, I had a week of drawing on indexed and it's perfect you just plug your an audio yeah. book and your headphones in and just draw away and it was i just went through the whole thing in one go and it was great wow. it's like yeah 24 hours <laughs> i know it's usually when i'm doing that sort of stuff if i'm doing doing i'm working i work from home if i'm doing my work i can just plug in what i want to but amanda wants to listen to that series with me so there's a case of we're doing uh, one episode a night that's sometimes we sit back and listen to stuff together what do yeah. you think of Karen Edgerton and John Constantine? Yeah, I sort of, I sort of liked him. Um, it's so tough, I think, with Constantine to get it right. Um, I, you know, I don't know that anyone has ever really kind of nailed him as yet, and um, it'd be interesting when that finally, finally happens. But um, uh, yeah, Matt, I, 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 I would. Matt Ryan has been okay, but he's not full on John. Yes, yeah. I don't know who it can be. They're just, it needs to be someone that just embodies that utterly worn out. Like, do you know, uh, you know, Keanu Reeves was obviously not right then, but he'd probably do a better job of it now, you know? <laughs> like, Did you just have a 50 year anniversary thing for yeah, it? Yeah, Comic Con yeah. last weekend. Yeah, I had a big I, Zoom conference on it, yeah. That was, uh, you know, that was one of the films I did like because it's got, um, oh gosh, what's her name? Is who plays Gabriel in it? And oh, um, so, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Brain's gone. Though. Yeah, she was just not straight as well. Yeah, I know you. Yeah, she's so um, good. Uh, Tilda, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton, of course. She did a very good uh, film with Tom Hiddleston called uh, "Only Lovers Left Alive," I think. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, so the vampire. So, yeah, uh, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I love a bit of vampire. In fact, that's my guilty pleasure. Anything to do with vampires, <laughs> I will read. Yeah. <laughs> I've been mainlining Buffy <laughs> lately. So. <laughs> Very quickly as well, and lastly, before we go through the details, what did you think of Michael Sheen playing Lucifer in Sandman as well? Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think he works. I mean, I really like Michael Sheen. And um, I... I loved the adaption they did of Bad Omens as well. I thought that worked really, really well. Yeah. Did you see the David Tennant? Yes, yeah. yeah which so is just, you know, 
there's so many kind of lockdown things that didn't work, but staged was brilliant. It was just utterly the cameos brilliant. were amazing. And also yeah, just the amazing. idea of going out and screaming in fields, I, I really felt, you know, it's like I'm with you. <laughs> oh, Someone will call the police. It's a good clue, Lucy, anyway, so obviously we're we coming on taking more of your time up today. If people want to find out more about your work, where are they best going? Uh, so I've got a website, which is lucysullivanuk.com, uh, Sullivan's with two L's. Um, and my, I'm on social media, so I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and I've got a Facebook artist page, and that's all Lucy Sullivan UK, so at Lucy Sullivan UK. And the UK thing, just so you know, I'm not, I'm not Brexity or anything. <laughs> awful book written, well, I say awful because it's not my thing, but it's like a chick lit book called Lucy Sullivan is Getting Married, um, like Marion Keys or something. And it just means that my name is virtually copyrighted because of that book. So I find it really hard to get things in my name. And so I had to put UK. I know, it's just like, she probably just picked a name at random, but it just turns out it's my name and I can't use yeah. it for lots of things. So, yeah. Thanks, Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> right, anybody. Well, thank you today, Lucy. It's been a pleasure chatting to you again. Great to chat to you. Yeah. And you, Michael. Thank you. Now, Lucy, do you want to join in with us when me and Michael wave at the camera and say hi to everybody? <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.